to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Kickstart that engine and roll thunder with the pack. Explore the grittiness of masculine spirituality. Gain traction in the virtues. And soup up your spiritual engine by turning adversity into adventure. Now, here's Bear Wozniak. Let's ride. Aloha and welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm very happy to have a very uh, powerful and special guest and friend on our show today. I'm going to let you know who that is in a few moments. Uh, but I wanted to re remind you, uh, oh, the, the, the time in the church history when around the year 350 or so A.D., the whole Catholic Church woke up and found itself in heresy, the Arian heresy. Uh, most of the bishops, so many of the bishops have been kicked out of their bishoprics and had been replaced by Arian bishops. And it seemed like the whole church was collapsing. Athanasius, St. Athanasius, had been, sent, had been exiled into the desert uh, and uh, had the great, the great uh, champion of uh, orthodoxy uh, was driven out of his bishopry. And bishop after bishop was replaced in, a, in, in, in moments of great political intrigue as the Arians who denied the divinity of Christ took over the Catholic Church. In fact, at one of the church councils, uh, St. Nicholas uh, became, as we say, the bad St. Nicholas. He punched out uh, one of the other uh, people that were there that were uh, defending the Arian heresy. It is said, legend says that he took a swing at him and was, and, was, and was removed from the council for a period of time. Things were in a very, very... Um, it seemed like the whole church was about to, to cave in on itself. It was, it was, it was not attack from the outside. It was attack from within. There were wolves in sheep's clothing, and yet the Holy Spirit, who's bigger, who's the biggest and baddest dude in the block, the Holy Spirit uh, planted a fire of His love in the hearts of the people, and Catholic orthodoxy was restored. The bishops were restored. So we need to have a time. We need to have great courage, and great hope, and actually, not be downcast, but look up and know that God is doing something powerful and something great. He is restoring His church during this season, and we have as our guest a friend of mine, a cast member of Long Ride Home. You've seen him in season one, and soon he'll be. Uh, he's part of season two, which will be coming out soon. Our motorcycle reality show. And a friend who's been there for me since I was, uh, when I was going through a really tough time in my life, he, he stood by me, and he even gave me uh, a copy of a, a, a Traveler's Catholic Catechism. It's a super light catechism, which I cherish. I kiss it every time I pick it up. Uh, uh, I use it every morning in my Ocean Sunrise Catechisms that I do around the, wherever I am in the world at 7 a.m. that time. I, I spend 15 minutes teaching out of the catechism. We're almost through the whole book, by the way. It's, we're on our third year now. But this is a man that I have utmost confidence in, in his, uh, his love for the church, his love for the Pope, his love for the people of God, his love for the, the positive uh, faith, his love for the magisterium of his church, his love for Jesus, and I know his love for me. Father Mark Goring, thank you for being on the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Good to be with you, Bear. So you have a YouTube channel, and it's called what? It's just my name, Father Mark Goring. Father Mark Goring. And so uh, we'll have to share this with you, so maybe you can share it with your people. But also, if you want to see this, you know, we're on the EWTN radio network. We're on every sort of podcast app there is. We're on Sirius FM. 
Uh, but we're also on the YouTube channel, too. So uh, if you want to, you can go to our YouTube channel and share that video with your friends. This is a video you're going to want to share. And by all means, subscribe to our channel and subscribe to Father Mark Goring's channel. Father Mark, it's been really interesting to, to uh, in the last several months, your YouTube videos have been just so um, powerful, uh, humble, um, pursuit of truth. Bishop Noonan told me the other day that, um, uh, you know, people are so into truth, uh, so into justice and mercy these days, but they've neglected truth. And without truth, all of that goes awry. Uh, what do you feel about what's happening um, what, what's, what's your heart telling you? What's the Lord speaking to you right now about work, what's going on in the church? Yeah, I mean, my, my big concern, among others, is uh, I don't want to see the church in the U.S. get to the place where the church in Western Europe has, has, has become, uh, or, or Ireland, or Quebec. Um, we know that the church in the U.S. is in decline obviously in big part because of the scandal in the church and um i just i just feel that now is not the time to just stand back and watch it's the time for faithful catholics to fight for um for our church you know for the church in america and you know you're a pastor you really are a pastor you're watching out for your flock, and you're. I'm not necessarily part of your flock, but I know you're watching out for me. What are the What are the the things that What is it that at some point you had to say enough is enough? You know, one of the things you can. Uh, when I was at the Napa Institute meeting in Washington D.C., and Cardinal Cardinal Mueller was there, and Scott Hahn, and Dr. Tim Gray, and so many wonderful people, one of them stood up and said, "There's <clears throat> there's really something wrong with people who don't at some point." know when to be angry. So there's a sort of an anger that we can have that's a, a, that turns into determination. When did that point come when you were ready to, when you began to say, I need to speak out? What was it? What is it that's on your heart right now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I, I, I've never been a person who's had actually much interest in church politics. You know, I just... I just always assumed, you know, the leaders of the church, they're, they're, they're doing their job the best they can. And um, I'm, I'm just going to focus on, on my particular, you know, uh, flock. And um, uh, but then I read Dr. Ralph Martin's letter where he kind of spelled out what he saw was going on in the church. And it, it shocked me. Like I, I thought to myself, this this can't be true. And then a little while after Viganos, uh, Archbishop Viganos testimonies came out. And, and I think for me, that was when I just, it became clear and obvious to me, okay, there's a battle going on and I need to become one of the soldiers who, who, who fights this battle. Um, it, it just, again, it was just plain clear to me that um, there's a corruption network in the church. Um, some of the hierarchy is compromised. Some of the hierarchy is just cowardly. Um, and some of the hierarchy is, is, is corrupt, you know. And I just, it became clear to me, if we don't fight this, the church will, will be decimated. You know, uh, getting right to the heart of the issue, uh, Bishop Strickland's address at the Bishop's Conference. 
Uh, he was the one that brought up. Uh, uh, is it? I forget the gentleman's name. Sula, the Sullins. Yeah, Sullins uh, study and Dr. Janet Smith at the Napa Institute in uh, D.C. We had that one-day event in October about the church crisis. Uh, it, you know, the big the big uh, elephant in the room is the the statistic that says that now half eighteen uh, percent of the the priests in America are homosexual. And the bigger and, and another big statistic, and I don't remember the exact, is how many of our priests are no are not being true to their celibate vows. Um, and so that that's the big elephant in the room when we talk about predatory priests. Uh, it, it appears that most of the issues related to predatory predatory uh, priests uh, with minors has been handled to a great degree by the Dallas Protocol, but the the predatoriness of, among young people. Uh, you know, 18 and above, and then just the acting out of, of the, the two priests in Miami that were caught last month uh, having sex uh, at a parking lot near the beach. It, that seems to be the heart of the issue is this whole area of, uh, of the, as they've called it, the homosexual mafia or whatever you want to say. What, how do we deal with that? What, is, what, what do you say to that? It's yeah, very- well, 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 like you said, the, the, the Sullins report... Um, you know, highlighted that it seems like in the in the 60s, the seminaries started taking in homosexuals, and um, and that caused the percentage of homosexuals in the priesthood to keep going up and up to the point where now, according to Salzer, I think it was around 10 years ago, if my memory serves me correctly, it had made its way up to 18% of the priests um, are homosexual, um, and and that that may have gone up since then because we know that the the, the church has you know um again in some places has really opened the door to this and what what's what's what i think most shocking about the sullins report is that he he says uh, father sullins the sociologist he says that if, if i hope i'm wording right but there's a, a direct correlation between the, the the percentage of homosexuals in the priesthood and the rate of abuse, and he again, if my memory serves me correctly, he says something along the lines of the the, the correlation is almost perfect. Perfect. We're talking so, with Father Mark Goring. He's the pastor of the Catholic Charismatic Center in Houston. He's a member of Long Ride Home. Uh, his YouTube channel is uh, Father Mark Goring. And you can go there and listen to more of his YouTubes. We'll be right back. We're going to get more into the, the grittiness of this. This is Bear with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. You can go to our website, deepadventure.com, and find out more. And if you want to watch this video and share this video with your friends, you can go to the Bear Wozniak YouTube channel. We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak Adventure. This is the continuing exploits of the financial liberator, Tom Greit. CEO of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Tom, when is a good time for people and when is it not a good time for people to use credit? You use credit when you have an opportunity to buy an asset that will go up in value. Examples of that would be a home, an investment property, other types of investments. What you don't want to do is use a loan to buy an asset that's going down in value. The best example of that would be your car or taking a loan out to go on a trip or buying stereo equipment. What you want to do is that when the loan is paid off, the asset has worth has gone up in value, not gone down. 
And that's what happens when you buy an appreciating asset. That's what doesn't happen when you buy depreciating assets. So use the virtue of prudence when you're making your financial decisions and you can live a life of financial liberty. We've been talking with Tom Gripe, the financial liberator and CEO of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. That's NotreDameFCU.com. This is a warning. The Bear Wozniak adventure is dangerous. The radical change Bear challenges you to is not for wimps. Change this station to a soft rock station before it's too late. You've been warned. Now, here is Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We're so thankful for our sponsors, uh, the Solidarity uh, Healthcare and uh, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. We want to give a shout out to Brad, Brad Hahn at uh, Solidarity and our good friend Thomas Gripe, CEO of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Thank you for your supporting this show. We feel it has a vital impact on uh, uh, reaching people and evangelizing people. We're talking with my friend, Father Mark Goring, uh, about re- the, what's going on in the church right now, the recent Solon report. I, I guess the statistics have been, Father, that 80%, 86%, I think is the number, of the abuse cases are, is, is, is homosexual in nature. And, now you're, and you've been referencing the Solon report and the direct correlation between the, the increase in homosexual priests and the increase of predatory behavior. Speak to us more about that, please. Yeah, I mean, I think what, what Solon's mentioned, if my memory serves me correctly, he said, had we not started taking in homosexuals into the seminary and, and priesthood like the church did back in the 60s, there would have been 85% less abuse cases. Now, that's that's massive, you know, and again, he, he just says it's, it's the correlation the, the, as the number of homosexuals or the percentage of homosexuals rise in the priesthood, there's a direct correlation to the, the number of abuses. And I, I'm sure it's very, I don't know what, you know, embarrassing, hurtful for, for, for some people to hear that. But if that's, as you were saying at the beginning of the show, if that's the truth, that's the truth, you know. Another thing that's interesting, Bear, is you see the Catholic Church teaches that as 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 disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we're called to be pure. Mm. You know, we're called to to guard our hearts. We're called to chastity. We're called to to integrate. Allow the Lord to to, to integrate our sexuality, so we become more and more virtuous, and. I think in a particular way, you know, if the Catholic Church has rejected what the Lord Jesus has, has commanded us, should we not be surprised that when the storm comes, uh, the house will be destroyed? You know, um, there is no reason for the Church to... Uh, water down the teaching of the Lord Jesus. We're called to be holy. We're called to be pure. We're called to be virtuous and chaste. And until the church uh, embraces this, it's going to be a mess, you know. And you know, there's currents in the church right now, or rather in the world, that the spirit of the age right now is so perverse. And this perversity in the world wants to creep in to the Catholic Church. And unfortunately, again, there are corrupt, there are compromised, and there are cowardly leaders in the church. 
who who are willing to open the door to uh, to the spirit of the age, you know. And so that's that's the battle we're in right now. We need faithful Catholics uh, to say no, not not in my church. You know, this is this is the church that Jesus established. The teachings of the church are clear, and also the warnings from the Lord. If we don't build on the rock of God's word, um, we're done. You know, and so. Uh, so yes, we, we need to, to kind of address the obvious problem in the clergy, which is homosexuality. Okay, okay so let's, let's go here. Let's start at the very root. Um, where I, I see it, you talked about the need for purity. I have friends that are Catholic that re- approach the Eucharist and receive the Eucharist that have been uh, divorced and living and now living with someone for a decade. With with no sense at all that that's that receiving the Eucharist in an adulterate state, in in the, during a time of adultery like that, we would clearly call it that adultery is wrong. There's many people listening right now that are living with someone that they're not married to, and yet they call themselves Catholic. There are many people that uh, why are there so many? I love these big Catholic families, by the way, but someone's contracepting because a lot of the Catholic families. You know, our one or two children. Uh, someone, has, people are living together outside of marriage. They're contracepting. Uh, they're not. There, there are many Catholics that are that are proposed pro, propo, uh, that are pro-abortion, and uh, and so we kind of get the leaders we deserve in a way, right? It's kind of. Uh, uh, I think Jefferson might have said that we get the leadership we deserve. So we need to start by taking the the uh, the log out of our own eye, but. But I was talking to a friend of mine. I go, can you talk about that with, with me on camera? He said, yeah. Jesus said, don't take the, um, the little uh, sliver out of sliver. your friend's eye. Take the log out of your own. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, take the log out of your own eye so that you can take the sliver, sliver out of your friend's eye. We as the Catholic Church, the leaders that we have is largely because of us. And I remember Rick Santorum, when he spoke at the Napa Institute two years ago, he said, the reason why we're in the state we are right now is, is your fault. He pointed at the room and said, it's your fault because you were asleep at the watch. Uh, but what do you, what do you see? What, what is your, uh, your word to, uh, to Catholics right now? What, what should our response be? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the scriptures that come to mind is what, you know, the Lord Jesus says, why it is the road that leads to destruction? Uh, you know, most, most take that road. Uh, but but hard narrow is is the the way the gate that leads to life, and few find it you know. And I, I think every Catholic has to just make a decision that they are going to uh, follow the gospel without compromise and follow the church's teaching without compromise. And that is going to be a battle. <laughs> you know, like it is not easy to live the gospel without compromise, or even try to live the gospel without compromise. And I, you know, I think in the in the Catholic Church, we in in a lot of our institutions, we we've kind of allowed compromise. We we've, the culture has become one of. Oh well, you know we're not, no one's perfect, so you know uh, we don't have to kind of follow the the gospel so wholeheartedly. 
And and you know the old uh, we always talk about the olden days, you know. But um, you you think about the the desert fathers mm-hmm. and how intent they were on on achieving purity of heart, mm-hmm. you know. And even the you know the monastic tradition, there was such a focus on virtue, on holiness, on you know sacrifice. And in so many places, we've lost that, you know, we, we've just lost our sense of, of becoming holy, you know, of, of, of uh, uncompromised following of the Lord. Are we, we, are we in danger of salvation, Father? When, are, we, are we falling into the heresy of sola fide? Are we being presumptive on God's mercy? Well, I'll tell you something. I mean, no one, no one knows exactly the numbers on what what percentage of people you know get to heaven and purgatory and hell. But when the Lord was asked, you know, will many be saved? His response was, uh, "Strive, you know, strive to enter uh, through the narrow gate." Um, and so, I mean, I think that for a person to compromise the gospel and the teachings of the church uh, is, is, um, is extremely dangerous for their eternal salvation. You know, every one of us as, as Catholics, we need to meditate on hell on a regular basis. We need to meditate on eternity on a regular basis, not with a servile fear, um, Mm-hmm. But but with a with a just an honest reality check that hey my life is real short, I could die today, and I'll have to give an account for my life. And and God's word is 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 clear, and um, yeah, and, and yeah, the I, Holy Spirit. I, I, I was just with uh, Bishop. Is it Molinari? I forget how to pronounce his name. He, he was with us in D.C., and he, and he spoke boldly and strongly. He passed away, I think, on November 24th. Vig- Morlino. Uh, yeah, Morlino, right. And um, Vigano, uh, if, I, if, that, if that's how you pronounce his name, Vigano, has been saying, I had to say this. I had to come out for the sake of my soul. You talked about a need to, ca- to meditate on our death, the monks of the desert. They may not have had but maybe one a book of Psalms or maybe a gospel to meditate on, but they most all had a skull in their cave their words to each other when they would see each other very rarely their only words they would speak is memoria morta remember your death and we need to realize um and when we get back we're gonna we're not we're challenging people but when we come back from this break i want to encourage people how they can break away from their own double life if they themselves have found themselves living not according to the gospel we're talking with father mark Goring. i'm going to strongly urge each of you to go to his youtube channel it's Father Mark Goring YouTube channel, correct, Father? That's right. And please subscribe and click the little bell so you get you get uh, uh, notified every time that his new show comes on. This is the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We'll be right back with more. The Catholic solution to the health care problem is here. Paying too much for your health care costs? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing their Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. For more information, call 844-313-4999. Again, 844-313-4999. Or visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. Aloha and welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm with my friend, 
Father Mark Goring. I was recently got to talk with Bishop Noonan, my, my bishop here in, in Orlando, and uh, we had a conversation with him about political correctness and, and all this sort of thing that's the, the kind of turning upside down of, of morality in the world today. And he said something I thought was so profound. He said, people want to pursue justice. We see these so-called justice warriors, and they want to pursue mercy. Uh, but without truth, all of that is, uh, is turned upside down, and it's mis- everything is misapplied. The thing about the Catholic Church, and if you read the, the, the Catechism, uh, we can form our consciences, and we know how to behave. We know what God is calling us. It's not just behavior. We know what God is calling us to. Father Mark Goring is with us uh, going into the break. He said, we, we want to love the Lord and serve the Lord and obey the Lord, not out of a servile, mercenary sort of, if I do this, I get to heaven. We want to love God back. But God said, the way you love me back is by keeping my commandments, uh, because the, his commandments are really his will, and God's will is love. But Catholics have fallen, Father, I think, into a sola fide, you know, by faith alone sort of mentality that once they've given their life to the Lord, no matter what sin they're falling into, they have a ticket, a, a, a ticket to ride, a free ticket to heaven. Uh, but I want you to talk right now, the guy riding in his truck, uh, the person uh, listening to this, uh, maybe sitting next to someone who they're, they're in an adulterous relationship with, or maybe they're, and what I mean by that is maybe they're in a committed relationship, but they're not married. Uh, what is the path back if we're going to be challenging our priests to celibacy? Uh, what what is the path back for our own people who are living a double life in some way? How do you? What's your prescription for them? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, each one of us needs to um, have an encounter with with the Lord Jesus. Uh, it's kind of like the the example they always give is. First, the Lord, the Lord God set the people free from Egypt. Then He gave them the law. So, I mean, I think anyone who's who's struggling with a life of sin, you can't do it on your own. You, you know, your own willpower just won't get you there. You need the grace of the Holy Spirit. You need the grace of God. Um, and uh, and so. You know, to, to turn to the Lord Jesus, to acknowledge your sin, to repent, and to just beg Him to to help you um, is is obviously the first step. Um, I mean, each obviously each individual case is is unique. Uh, one of the things I kind of really insist with people is try to get into God's Word on a daily basis. I just like for me reading Scripture. It just it, it puts a fire in my heart, yeah. you know. When, when we read scripture with love, it's God's word and it's alive and active, you know. And I just find reading God's word, first of all, it it, it tells us the truth. And I just I think that there's not only something that we learn when we read God's word, but there's a power we receive to 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 live it. Um, you know, uh, obviously going to confession is extremely powerful if someone's living a life of sin you know i mean we're all we all struggle with sin but you know in particular if someone's struggling with with something that they can't get out of to to go to confession confession makes a person new it it, it cleans the soul and, and um just gives powerful grace the other thing too that's really big is just just you know having christian friends you know uh, like i'm part of a, a little men's group and the, the 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 strength I get from, you know, sharing the struggle 
the journey with other men who want to be holy is just powerful stuff. And so, yeah, so it's a battle, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, 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 it requires, we need the grace. And we need it. We need to go, you know, if here's the thing, um, cowardly men, there, there are a lot of couples living together where the man is the coward. He's the one that won't pull the trigger and say, let's get married. And the woman is there giving her so much of her to him, and it's time for him to kind of man up. But you're right. Uh, we need to go to confession. We need to go to our pastor, our priest, and say, how do I move from where I am now to where I need to be? We need a men's group. Father, that's why we have our Bears Man Cave. You know, we have the man cave where men can join, uh, and uh, it's a private Facebook group, but they go to our website, deepadventure.com, to join. And then we share with each other there in that secret Facebook group. And about every two weeks, we have a Zoom video chat where we all get together and we talk and we go through my most recent book on the virtues. But I'm, we, we need to challenge men to be to manly virtue. But the key to it, you're right, is the sacraments, adoration, confession, meditating on God's Word. I was thinking about this last night as I was meditating on, on God's Word, the life of St. Paul. Think about when he left Damascus. He was lowered out of the, the wall. You know, the Romans had a special honor for the first man over the wall when they were laying siege to a city. He was the first one lowered out of a wall, you know, in the kingdom of Jesus. And he fled to the desert, as you said, the monks of the desert. For three years, he lived in a cave probably, maybe the same one that Elijah was in down in that area, reading probably from the scrolls he had written as a youth when he was charged with copying the, the scrolls, probably the Septuagint. His heart must have been burning so much. Oh, my gosh, and this means this, and that means that. He was connecting all of the dots. And uh, for three years, I feel bad for any nobad that came by his cave, you know, because he's going to... And then he goes back to Damascus, and he, he's so, I'm sorry, so on fire there that, that he just, he, he, he causes... Uh, real problems. Then he goes to Jerusalem. He can only spend two weeks there because he's so on fire. Your word to say, in fact, the, the, your, your ministry, I think when you go to YouTube channel, the, there's a name for it. Become fire. Become, Become fire. fire. Night lives. And that's it. If you're meditating on God's word, if you're going to confession, receiving the sacraments, you'll have the boldness and the courage to take the steps God's asking you to take. Amen. Amen. Yes. So, Take us more along this path now within the church itself. Where do you see the, uh, the challenges are and how do we, how do we as, a, as the laity, uh, yeah. pursue, uh, pursue bringing the church back to where it needs to be? Yeah, like for me, what's critical is that faithful Catholics push back. You know, um, I think that in the past, uh, faithful Catholics wouldn't dare challenge the leadership of the church you know uh but that that didn't work in western europe it didn't work in in ireland and, and quebec uh, i i mean i we always obviously have to be respectful of our leaders uh, but that doesn't mean letting them get away with awful stuff you know and um i i just think it's it's so important for uh faithful catholics to, to make it known that we're not going to tolerate nonsense. And if, if leaders in the church think that they can get away with nonsense, 
we need faithful Catholics to make it very clear to those leaders that uh, that's not going to happen. It's it's my church too, and um, we need to we need to fight. You know, I, I, I've been quoting Peter Crate. He says, "Love." I love him. <laughs> love fights. You know, and if if we don't uh, deal with the you know the, the corruption in the church right now. Um, we'll see the church continue to decline, which will mean the loss of this, the salvation of souls. You know, um, you know the other thing too, Bear. I, th I think is 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 interesting. Is I believe this is a time of grace for for Catholics. I think that Catholics who do answer the call to fight for the honor of Holy Mother Church, those Catholics will receive tremendous grace in their lives. It's like they'll, they'll, they'll be, oh, I don't know what you want to call it, a, a, a new springtime in their faith. You know, the Lord, he's not outdone in generosity. And I think sometimes it's it's in the times where we lay it on the line, where we, where we um, you know, pour out uh, all we have that the great graces come into our life. So this might be the time where saints are made. Just because people did have the courage to say, you know what, I'm not going to be a lukewarm Catholic anymore. Um, I'm going to fight, and I'm, I'm willing. I mean, and I've, I've said openly, I'm willing to die, you know, for the honor of the church. I mean, life is short. We only get we only get one shot at life. Eternity is long, and I think we just need Catholics who are willing to say, you know, I'm not worried about my whatever, my my security, my comfort, my reputation. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the church he established. I'm concerned about the salvation of souls. And so I'm going to, to, to fight, you know, for the honor of the church. And if I die, I die. And I think, you know, now when I lead people to the Lord, I think I'm leading this person perhaps to martyrdom. But we have to, it's a reality check. I mean, we, we think, oh, no, that could never happen here. But it happened uh, in, in communism. It happened in Germany. Uh, we, it's, you know, the, the French Revolution, uh, the revolution in, in, in England uh, when so many Catholics were martyred, and it'll, it can happen again. Uh, we're talking with Father Mark Goring, who's giving us a, a message of hope, of courage, but and also of truth. This is the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We'll be right back. Saddle up. It's time for Long Ride Home cast member Daniel the Boom Barkham to ride herd on us and challenge us to man up. One of my heroes is Chief Joseph of the Nez Pierce. My family and I were close friends with Ted and Lillian Strong. Lillian, great-granddaughter of Chief Joseph, was a stunningly beautiful woman. She was as beautiful as the planet ever produced. As a young lad, I had one serious crush on Lillian. My daddy told me of the Nez Pierce when Grandpappy Daniel was coming across the Oregon Trail. My grandpa, then a young boy, had become separated from the wagon train. Two days later, the Nez Pierce brought the lost boy back to his family and kin. Chief Joseph is what I call a noble Native American, proud but in a wholesome sort of way and as wise as the Blue Mountains are ancient. Banished from his homeland in the Wallawa Valley Blue Mountains of Oregon, Joseph deeply longed for his people to be reunited with their ancestral land. After years of unsuccessful appeals to the successive presidents, Chief Joseph died in 1904. His daddy, also known as Chief Joseph, had become a Christian, 
but later renounced his faith in Christ due to the mistreatment of his people by white Christians, so-called. Joseph's broken heart encapsulates the broken promises and sorrows the U.S. government brought upon our Native American neighbors. My heart mourns for and with Native people, especially when I'm in their presence. If God brings judgment upon a nation for their evil actions, and I believe he does, we've got a heap of troubles we will no doubt reap from the innumerable evils we have inflicted upon the Native peoples. I ask forgiveness on my part, and a part of my ancestors and my culture, that still turns the other way. It was Jesus whose heart was broken for all of us, and no doubt Native peoples are at the top of his list. This is Daniel Laboon Markham at DanielLaboonMarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of heaven. Aloha and welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We want to invite you to uh, go to our website, DeepAdventure.com, uh, and you'll see there that we're taking a tour, a pilgrimage, I should say, to, uh, to Greece this year. We're going to be going to all the places, so many of the places that Paul went, uh, from Athens to Thessalonica, um, all through that area to Corinth, uh, by, by, by beautiful buses. Uh, the tour company that we use is just uh, incredible. I've used them before. And then we're going to take a cruise across <clears throat> to Ephesus, the great church there that Paul worked with and that, that uh, John was with. And tradition says perhaps Mary was there. And then we're going to go to the island of Patmos and Mykonos and Santorini. And we want you to come because there's nothing, there's two, there's three places in the world I really want, I've, I really feel are important to go to. The Holy Lands, Rome, and the, and the paths of, of Paul. Because Paul, uh, really, uh, we know more about Paul than we know about any of the other apostles. And we can really live and breathe uh, the progress of his, of his, uh, his uh, journey. So we want to invite you to please go to deepadventure.com and join us there. Uh, we're talking with Father Mark, Mark Goring. He's a cast member of Long Ride Home. He's the pastor of the Catholic Charismatic Center in Houston, Texas. Father, when I came to your church uh, two years ago, when we were filming Long Ride Home, and, uh, you know, it's a, about the toughest thing anybody can do is to be on the set of Long Ride Home. It's super challenging. <laughs> and uh, we went in, I went into your, your, your church, and, uh, and as Mass was beginning to start, the infusion of the Holy Spirit just filled my soul like I hadn't experienced in years. At the moment that Father Francis said, in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, it's not something you can make up. It's not something you can force. You can only make yourself open to the move of the Holy Spirit. You can just present yourself to the Lord. But it was such a, a moment of, of God encouraging me that in spite of my, I always look at all my weaknesses and inabilities and rough edges, and the Lord just said, just, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And I think during this time uh, of the church, uh, when God is challenging us to step into the breach. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for willing people. And there's nothing more powerful than changing the church. Um, Archbishop Chaput spoke to us uh, at the Napa Institute. He said, then, then having a family, having lots of kids, and raising them in the Lord. It is the domestic church. It is one, it, When you look at the walls of Nehemiah, when, when, when the prophet challenged them to, to rebuild the walls, it was one man in his family that repaired this breach, one man in his family that repaired this breach, all around the whole wall. And then as they come under more and more attack, because they were more, being more and more successful, then as one man worked, another man stood with his spear and his shield protecting him. And anyone carrying supplies carried the supplies in one arm and a sword out in the other. Men need to come together. 
We need to stand with each other and challenge each other. It's time for us to step into the breach. Now, we're talking about the crisis in the church right now. Uh, practical things that people can do right now is, you know, we need to figure out what a good bishop is and what a bad bishop is, frankly. How would you define a good bishop? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, the bishops who inspire us to be holy, to love the Lord Jesus, to, uh, you know, become saints, that's a real good sign. Bishops who are preaching the gospel without compromise. Um, You know, I, I think the bishops who give any indication of kind of embracing the spirit of the age, um, you know, need to be uh, just, you know, we need to discern that. It's like, what are we, what are we dealing with here? Um, Any bishop that isn't transparent about what's happening with their priests that have uh, crossed the line, you know, if there's transparency there instead of political cleverness, trying to hide behind things, yeah, I, I think to another big one is just you know it, it, does the bishop have the the honesty to acknowledge the the reality of what has scourged the church, which has been very much the the homosexuality in the clergy. I take that as an indication that a bishop has backbone, you no. know. Um, I think so many of us we're just we're just sick of the political correctness. We're sick of the the sugar coating. We're um, you know we're sick of being treated or, or insulted. You know with with assuming that we don't know what's going on. Like we know what's going on in the church. Everyone knows what's going on in the church. So don't pretend this isn't largely a homosexuality problem. You know and. Um, it, yeah, I mean, we if, if a bishop to me that's a bit of an indication. If a bishop isn't willing to drop the H bomb, mm. I I just feel he's he, he's a coward. Either he's a coward, or he's compromised himself, or he's part of the corruption. Well, here's what know? here's what I see, Father. It's like you talk about the H bomb, and I think you're referencing to getting real about the homosexual the homosexual uh, kind of basically invasion among our our clergy. Um, there's going to come a time when the church says we're not going to, uh, well, Pope Benedict had given instructions, no more men with same-sex attraction in the seminaries. There's going to come a time when the church is going to have to say priests need to re-say their vows of celibacy or something like that. And if you're homosexual, you need to leave the priesthood. And uh, no more homosexual or men with same-sex attraction going to seminary. When that happens, I fully expect us to lose our nonprofit status. And we need to be willing to do that. It could mean the bankruptcy of the church, but better that than moral bankruptcy. We're talking about a, a reality check here. Yeah. What might also happen, Bear, is that the, the, the Catholic Church might give the world an indication of reality. The world will see that we opened the doors to homosexuals beginning in the 60s to the clergy, and it devastated our church. The correlation, again, between the percentage of homosexuals and abuse is, is they say, almost perfectly direct. Um, and other worldly organizations might see what happened to us, and they might say, hey, wait a minute, maybe the Boy Scouts shouldn't be opening the doors to homosexuals. Maybe a Catholic school shouldn't just, you know, have 
homosexual teachers without kind of discerning this. And it's a delicate thing, Bear, because, you know, to me, a person who struggles with same-sex attraction, a person who calls himself a homosexual in the world, who's never heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, like, I don't condemn those people. They need to hear about Jesus. And Jesus makes new. Like, Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the world, but I came to save the world, you know? And so we don't want to give the impression that the Catholic Catholics hate people who see themselves as homosexual. But we do want to make it clear that as, as, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ who have been taught morality from the Lord Jesus, who, who understand the natural law, we've learned. We've learned that man is made to, for, for union with woman. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the body isn't designed for homosexual uh, actions. And, again, it might be that the Catholic Church warns the world about opening wow. the doors to homosexuality, you know. Uh, and, again, Barry, you understand how this is a delicate thing. We're not throwing rocks at the, the, the person who calls himself a homosexual, who's never really heard the gospel and who's just struggling. We love those people. We, we, we care about those people. We don't condemn those people, but we want those people to know freedom in Christ, new life in Christ. I got to tell you, when I'm around someone who, is homo- who calls himself homosexual, I have such a, a tremendous feeling of mercy flowing out of my heart towards them, just because I know their life has not been easy. <laughs> You know, I, I have such a tremendous flow of, of love and mercy for them. But um, it's, it's wrong to say that the, the, best, the best path to happiness for them, which God calls us all to pursue, is to learn to have freedom from that same-sex attraction. More than that, to have healing. Because yeah. there's something in there that's broken, usually. And yeah. to seek healing and not, and not to feel like um, you're, you're alone. That you can, go to, uh, you can go to counseling, you can go to a priest, who isn't who doesn't have same sex attraction and seek healing. So we 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 have have great love for people that are kind of trapped in that lifestyle. But we don't identify people based on their but based on their home, their their sexual uh proclivities. We we identify them because they're made in the image of God. Father, can you wrap us up? We got 20 seconds of prayer. Can you pray for the people that are there that need to make a new step? Lord. Lord Jesus, you are good and merciful. We give you our whole lives once again. Jesus, come into our hearts and make us new. Fill us with your spirit and give us a joy and peace that only you can give. In the name of Jesus, amen. In the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Viva Cristo Rey. Viva Cristo Rey. I love this man so much. Father, you meant so much to me when I was going through a real, the hardest time in my life, and you were there with me, and you, you mean so much to me. You rode with us on Long Ride Home. You gave me my Catholic catechism, my traveler's Catholic catechism, which you can't get. It's almost impossible to get. So I'd like to invite everybody, go to Father Mark Goring's uh, YouTube channel and subscribe and press the little bell so that you're notified whenever, whenever he, he has his, his morning five-minute talks. And, and go to our website, deepadventure.com. It's a great time to buy some cool, cool things for your family on our website for Christmas. Thank you, Father Mark. Thank you, Bear. Should we always say it? Viva! Cristo Rey. Que viva. Que viva. And then what do you say after that? Well, I guess the standard one is Viva Cristo Rey, and the response is typically Que viva. And then about Mary. 
uh, Viva la Virgen de Guadalupe or Viva Maria, la, uh, Viva, I guess, Viva la Iglesia Católica. Well, I'm holding, up the, I'm holding up the rosary right now for those of you guys. So is Father Mark for those of you who are watching us on YouTube. Pray the rosary. We'll talk to you guys next week. Aloha. You've been listening to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Go to bearwozniak.com to get your free audio and other exciting content. Plus, you can pick up the Long Ride Home 10-episode DVD set, autographed copies of Bear's books, Long Ride Home shirts, tanks, coffee cups, and even motorcycle pins and patches. And find out how guys can sign up for Bear's Man Cave online Facebook group, all at bearwozniak.com. 